Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and we talk about life because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true, people. You didn't know it, but you're teaching yourself how to live as you teach yourself how to write. Uh, author to Author, well, it's brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet. We've got articles on writing and the writing life, video interviews, best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Actually, there's a great article in this month's uh, issue by Jennifer Paris called Bigger Than Death. Great little essay about uh, when her father just passed away and what that was like. It's a very uplifting piece. Uh, not that all pieces have to be, but this one is. I highly recommend it. Check it out at authormagazine.org. And we are funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, these fine people have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. That's what they've been doing. And, you know, they have a conference every year, and I'll be there uh, this year teaching this and that. Um, a lot of people, a lot of agents and editors and great writers and great, you know, it's a writer's conference, and it's a good one. So, listen, if you're in the Northwest and you're a writer, you go to it. It's going to be September 13th, 14th, 15th, like that, middle of like second week in September. But you know what? Even if you're not from the Northwest, yes, people travel to it. They have. They traveled from far and wide. It's worth it. It's a great conference. It's been around forever. Uh, and it's not too late to sign up. Check it out, pnwa.org. Uh, I'm going to be doing a thing. This, you know, I fearless writing. I'm, I do love my fearless writing. I teach it. I taught last week in Portland. It was great. Uh, it was a great uh, workshop. Love that conference down there. And uh, if you've read the book and you like it, if you like the book Fearless Writing, but you don't live here in the Northwest, maybe you do live in the Northwest, but you've never had a chance to take a workshop with me. Well, guess what? This Saturday, <clears throat> excuse me, this Saturday, I'm going to be doing an online Fearless Writing workshop. You'll still see me. It's going to be with our, we can use our webcam so we can see and talk to each other. Very important with Fearless Writing. We'll be able to see and talk to each other. Well, it's right there. So you can sign up. Two hours, Saturday, 10 o'clock Pacific time, 1 o'clock uh, Eastern time uh, for two hours. If you're interested, go over to williamcanower.com, sign up for it. And, uh, yeah, like that. Well, oh, we got a good one today. Beth Mayer, debut author, debut book author. She's written many things. But Beth, um, well, her short story collection, it's a good one, people. We will tell you otherwise won the Hudson Prize in Fiction with Black Lawrence Press. Her fiction has appeared in the Three Penny Review, the Sun Magazine, the Midway, and the Midway Review. She was a fiction finalist for the Missouri, Missouri Review's Jeffrey E. Smith Editor's Prize in 2016, and her work uh, was recognized among other distinguished stories by Best American Mystery Stories, and her stories anthologized in both American Fiction by New Rivers, and new stories from the Midwest by Ohio University, and she currently teaches English at Century College in Minnesota, but she's here today to talk to me. Beth, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, Beth, so okay, the short story, the short story, before we get to the short story and your your evolving mastery of it, I want to go back <laughs> Evolving, developing, mastery right, of it, we'll right. say. Thank I want to go back, back, back to when you were just a young pup. And I'm going to take a guess. 
I'm going to, having spoken to you ever so briefly before this show started, I'm going to take a guess, and I'm going to say you recognize writing, and if I'm wrong, I don't care, but I'm going to take a guess anyway. But writing <laughs> to you around the age of eight or nine. Am I close? Oh, that's lovely. I, I, I did not know you had psychic abilities as well as <laughs> skills as a oh, writer, yeah. coach, and interviewer. No, you're absolutely right. Your crystal ball is accurate. Yeah. I, I actually, um, I don't know who gave me the typewriter, but I really thought I needed a typewriter. Ah, and um, a real typewriter. And yeah, Oh, yes. That's yep, where I started. Yep. Yep. And I, um, I somehow envisioned setting up a little um, secretary's desk, although I did not want to be an administrative <laughs> assistant, but sort of in, right. the, in the foyer of my, my parents' house. And I, I just kind of, I just kind of claimed that spot and set that little typewriter up there. And um, I didn't really know how to type, but right. that was my typewriter. But I kept notebooks, journals, notebooks, writer's notebooks. I didn't know what to call them. Right. Until I got older, but yeah, always, always right. So you, right away, so you get this typewriter. You know what you were doing, I think, when you set that little table up? Is you were like, this is real. This is a thing. Mm. This is like, this yeah. is like my office. This is, this is, <laughs> this is not just a, we're not in playtime anymore, although it probably felt like, play, this is like, we're, this is actually happening here. Mm. See, this is my right. desk. Everybody out of the way. Yeah? Something like that. Well, and, and and isn't that kind of a lovely metaphor, right? Because I think that's so true of children making art and yeah. wanting wanting to do the thing that we feel like we're meant to do. And then this speaks to your workshops and how you train um, writers and people that want to get busy writing. And yeah. so often we, we step away from that for uh, – our, our adulthood and sometimes yeah. sometimes never never take it back um so yes i do think that's that's what that was even though of course you know we just we just do things when we're kids we don't understand their their import yeah, yeah. absolutely i always loved writing and i was a storyteller too i i i oh. told my cousins i told my cousins long long narratives my sister my cousins when we would make them up family trips yeah i just make them up on the spot. Uh, oh, oh, interesting. And that was, that interesting. was fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause you yeah. know, I felt, I, I mean, I wanted to write quite early on also, but I, and, and so I feel like my writing, my storytelling skills developed sort of in two, on two tracks, which is I read a lot and, and wrote yes. like early on, but I was also, my family were storytellers and we would tell stories like, this is what happened to me today. But you couldn't just – you have to make it interesting. You want to make it funny. Mm. My mom was a really good storyteller. My dad's a good storyteller. My brother's a great storyteller. My sister's a good storyteller. And all my friends were good storytellers. So, so like, I the, the, the verbal tradition was also where I think I learned to write, although they're, they're different, of course, because you have your voice in your hands and your body. But still, mm. I think that that also taught me a lot about what made for a good story. Right, and if people, I, I like that. That's interesting to me. Um, I think if people in our family um, or around us claim the floor and think yeah. and and perceive that they have a right to take up space and tell a story, um, and and people listen, then we yeah. kind of learn. We kind of learn that that's an okay thing to do. Yeah, um, that we that we can do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also, interesting. I- 
I think it's also important. So I, I wrote this piece about in um, the Good Men Project about being a good conversationalist and how I learned a lot from writing, uh, for, from doing these interviews actually about conversations and how. The, and one of them is the importance of listening. And one of the nice things about my family is that they all loved stories, which meant I was telling a story, they were listening. Because I've told stories where people don't listen, and it's kind of like I just lose steam halfway through. Uh, but it was so important to be listened to by all the people I was close to early on because it. I don't know how to talk if I think the person isn't listening. You know, I just lose my way. I kind of lose my interest. I don't know about you, but that's certainly the experience for me. Absolutely. And I, I think that's, yeah, that speaks to, that speaks to sort of how we would want to lead or teach ourselves or, or be taught. And, and I think as, as since, since your audience is often made up of writers or readers, people that are interested in writing themselves, I think that's, that's a valid thing to recognize that if you have a coach or a teacher or even someone in your writing group and you, you know, your gut isn't, your gut isn't feeling it. You don't, you're, you're not, you don't think they can hear what you're trying to do or they're, they're not genuinely um, with you or along with you or kind of aligned with you that maybe that's, that's something to consider. They're not the, yeah. quite the right teacher for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, sometimes people just, I don't know, everyone has a different relationship. Some conversation is a tricky thing. Some people just kind of wait for their turn to talk, and that's that's a thing. I've done it, I admit, sometimes, but it's not the best. But, oh, sure, so, okay. sure, yeah. So, so writing, all right, so you, you're interested in stories, and you're a creative person, it sounds like, in general, but there's a lot of ways to go. Can you remember when you thought, because uh, I think we you said you were interested in theater, too, but can you remember when you said eh, the writing, that's really it? Like that, I'm going to go for it. How old were you when that mm-hmm. was, when you really said, that's what I'm doing? Right. Well, I would say that I, I talked myself out of it oh. for oh. a season. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Just and I, uh, yeah, a long season, a few seasons, yeah. Yeah. Um, a few seasons, seasons of life. Um, because I am a hard worker and a high achiever, and uh, yeah. I also I also do love teaching. I'm a teacher as well, and I, I genuinely love teaching. Um, yep. There are, there are folks I think who um, who would advise um, don't teach if you want to write, and and I would just oh. say. I would just say, don't teach if you don't love teaching. Yeah, yeah, no, that's silly. right. It, yeah, so it's it's not like a good side gig for writers. It's only a good gig if you really, really like teaching. And in that case, I think it can be a good, uh, a wonderful combination. But no, I didn't go. I didn't. I didn't honor my interest in creative writing um, enough. I wish I'd started sooner, but life life is long. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I I really I I really got serious. So I got serious out of out of desperation um, when my daughter when I was pregnant with my my first child, my daughter. I I, I suddenly had this real. I was in my early late twenties, early thirties, uh-huh. and yeah. I and I and I had this realization that oh my gosh, I'm going to be really busy. When this baby yeah. is born, I don't know why I didn't think of that before my husband and I got pregnant, but, <laughs> but but it was sort of like, oh my gosh, the nursery's not ready. But it it was more like, oh my gosh, I haven't written in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I I should probably do that. 
So yeah. I, um, I, t- I took some classes at the Loft Literary Center, which oh, is a wonderful, yeah, yeah. yeah, here in Minneapolis where I live, and um, that was life-changing. I took two fiction classes with Ellen Hawley, who now lives in the UK, but Ellen, oh, okay. um, Ellen is a wonderful writer and was the editor for many years of the Hungry Mind Review, if that rings a bell. Mm. That was a wonderful um, publication, oh, I think for 20 years or oh, so, wow. okay. of, of, or more, affiliated with the Hungry Mind Bookstore, which used to be um, in St. Paul. Um, someone associated with, with McAllister College, and it was just this beautiful um, right. indep- independent bookstore, like we all yeah. Yeah. want to preserve forever. <laughs> so anyway, I took I took a, a creative. Excuse me, I took Fiction One and Fiction Two with Ellen Holly, yeah. and she just she just she opened blew your my eyes. Mind. Didn't she? she did. Yeah, she did. She did. That's great. Um, she was and, a good teacher. Yeah. She was, and then later, later I went to graduate school and got my MFA. But but that was really the the starting point when I started to take okay. myself seriously. Mm-hmm. You said we're going to do this. We're going to do. And and before that, you were t- were you teaching any something like that? What were you doing before you took before you? Uh, I was. Took I taught class? high school. I taught high okay. school for about about five years. I taught English oh, God. and um, oh, my God. <laughs> and and hey hey I still love my Someone's English gotta my do fellow. It. Someone's God bless you. I, but you know, no, it was too hard. It was too hard. I I I didn't have the right kind of energy for that. Yeah. Um, I I do like it's, um high schoolers actually and and college students. I do t- I teach college now, but right. um. But we ask too much of our we ask too much of our K through twelve teachers. We really do. We, we, I agree. Their, their, schedu- their schedules are are not are not even humane, and yeah, it's 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 bad. We really we need to do better for our teachers so that we can do better for our teachers who are human and schools our schools are a mess. They 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 a paradigm shift necessary. Uh, I will be cheering for it. I probably won't be. Uh, uh, trying to to make it happen, but it needs to. Happen. I had to pull my son. It was interesting. My son's on the spectrum, mm. or, uh, and yep. he went, okay. and we had to pull him out when he was 13 because the school just could, he just couldn't work it. You know, I didn't want to homeschool, but no. we ended up. I think these kids are to kind of force a change because there's more and more and more of them, and they just don't can't do it the the way we do it with so many kids. So all no. right. So okay. No. So you so you they, go get your MFA. They want to. They want to. Mm-hmm. They do, but it's just it's they want they're too individualized, and school really isn't set up for that just structurally. Yeah. But okay, yeah. so you so you, your eyes get opened. You're like, this is great, but you but you I mean from I I'm of course I got your book and read your book, but it looks like short stories has sort of been the focus for a while. Um, was that just because I remember when I started writing fiction, it's like, well, it takes a lot less time to write a short story than a novel, so I'm going to start with the short stories. Or was that, did you really fall in love with the form? Kind of both. Um, so the kind of both. So so yeah. a bit of a ding ding ding, but also fell in love with the form. So um, I I did not um, I did not see a way when my children were young that I could sustain going into the world of a novel for two right. years. Right. And so it Minimum. was as much, a, 
yeah, and it was as much about it was as much about when I was was or wasn't at a writing desk as it was where my imagination and where my where my brain was because right. I re- I realized after I'd written a, even just a few short stories just to sort of learn how to write um right. after I'd written a few short stories I realized oh when I'm in the thick of it with this new story I'm like I'm gone. Everything is filled right. with that story. My kids yep. are talking to me, and I'm talking to my husband, and I'm going through the motions of life, but I'm <laughs> I'm not present. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I, know. I knew. Yes. Right. And so I knew that okay, well, I can do that one short story at a time, and then kind of come back out into the world and like go swimming with my kids. And then later re-enter a new story. I can come in and out, and I, yeah. I knew that when my kids were young, I couldn't I couldn't just check out for two years while I was living right. in the world of a novel. So right. that was a big part of it. And then meanwhile, I recognized that really each short story was was building this tight little universe of people, right. yep. and it was such a it was such a joy. And a challenge, really, it was a challenge, and I was yeah. up for the challenge. So, um, so I stayed with it, and and I'm glad I did. Well, so the um, I started writing. I wrote fiction for years. I've people, the listeners have heard this story, but I'm going to tell it in brief. And then I realized that really it wasn't my form. That the personal essay, or the long, even long form personal mm. narrative sort of mem- was really my thing, right? Um, yeah. And so I've written thousands of personal essays over the last 10 years. I was doing one a day yeah. for a while. Right. And so I've learned a lot about that. I teach it. Like I've learned about that form, a ton about it that I wouldn't have guessed, but I learned it all just organically, but I've learned a lot. So you've written a lot of short stories, obviously. And so what are the, I mean, what are the things that Beth Mayer knows about the short story now mm. um, that she's, she's, you know, got a few under her belt. Uh, what do you feel, you know, now specifically the kind of stuff you write that you didn't know when you started out. It's more. It's really specific to to you that you might want to teach someone if if when you teach short story writing. Yeah. A little more advanced like learning. Some advanced learning <laughs> from Beth. <laughs> yeah, that's a lovely question. So, um, so one thing I know is a spark is enough. A spark. Um, yeah. A spark is enough. A line. A a weird image is enough. Um, right. Mean, meaning, you have in my in my experience, and what I would tell folks is um, to to let that spark um, get you get you started um, with some free writing and see what else happens because you don't in my, the way that I write and and you can imagine how would you outline a short story unless it were a novella <laughs> or something. Right. So. Right. How would you and and how would you even pitch an unwritten short story? Like it just. Right. <laughs> how would that happen? And so, um, so I think I think in my experience that I have learned I need to trust that a spark is enough, and that might be uh, a notion of you know a character who is a hoarder, who right. thinks. He, thinks he's smarter and better than everyone else. And and just this notion. <laughs> I like that. Or, yeah, thank you. Um, or just a line, a, a beautiful yeah. line that, um, or an image. And, and 
and also trusting that you're going to make a hot mess before you make something beautiful. I, I've never right. not, I have never, never not made a hot mess before I made something beautiful. Um, and so getting the, um, based on what I've, what I've read about you and, and what I know about you, you, this would resonate. You might be familiar with Rollo May's, uh, courage to create and the idea that, um, Every act of creation. I think this is Picasso. Every act of creation is um, an act, uh, an act of destruction. And I yep. think that yeah. you know we get uncomfortable with that, especially if we're in a hurry and we want an agent. You know, um, <laughs> and I, I think yeah. that it, it that there's lots of mess to be made, and that's okay yeah. to just to just yeah. muddle through. So I love teaching creative writing. It's it's I have yeah. had the privilege of being able to do that at the uh in Minnesota State um college yeah. and university where I teach and and I just love it. It's it's so fun. What do you love about it? Well, I love how my students um impress the the heck out of me. Um I it, it, from all walks of life, um you know, recover I teach at a community college, so we we aren't just dealing with you know, 18, nine-year-olds right. coming out yeah. of, you know, so we have yep. po- folks that I have, I have a student, I mean, this amazing writer who, um, who had a traumatic brain injury and live and right. lived and worked on oil rigs and can't, is on disability and now is coming to write his story about working on oil rigs. Who right. else can write That's, that story? I can't write yeah. that story. Uh, no, it'd be, yeah. You never know, but it'd be easier for him probably <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could. I could, baby. But, but you know, how many years of research? And, and yeah. he's an essay writer. He's an essay writer, so you can imagine, uh, right? Uh, so, one of my yeah. people. <laughs> right, right. So um, so it's rewarding. It's invigorating. And, um, yeah, I don't know. And, also, I, and I learn. You know, I keep learning. I keep learning. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. I was just saying, I yeah. get every, every, I teach a thing called Fearless Writing, so it's this workshop. Uh, it's one of the things I like to teach, and it's the kind of class where every time I teach it, usually somebody asks a question I don't answer to my satisfaction, and then I mm. think about it afterwards. And, I, and, and because they ask the question, I'm not happy until I've done it. And usually I have to spend about a week Mm. thinking about it. So every time their questions come along, that helps me grow because I know usually it's something I sort of know how to do, but I don't know how to explain how I know what to do. And and, and it's in the explaining that you really learn something. So I keep, I feel like teaching just teaches me and teaches me and teaches me, even when I'm learning, whether I'm writing, teaching personal essay or fearless writing. So I agree. I (laughs) I agree. We learn from it. And I love that you say the spark is enough because I will tell you when I teach, fearless writing, one of the things people are afraid of is thinking they don't know enough. Like somehow they have to like have this big idea and see the whole idea. And one of the things I hit home with them again and again, when you say spark, that reminds me of curiosity. What are you curious about? It can be anything, Mm -hmm. but the professional writer I've always felt knows that his or her curiosity, something that catches their attention is enough to give something their full attention where I think the amateur writer sometimes doesn't understand that they think, Somehow they have to know that this thing that they're going to start is going to go somewhere. Does that does that make sense? Have you encountered that, that in your sense. teaching? Absolutely, and I think um, I like the way you said that. And I think that um, 
someone else has probably coined this, but maybe you and I can put a trademark on it right now. Um, I want to trust trust your curiosity. Yeah. Oh, I, actually, I'm going to go to the next step. What I say is that curiosity is intelligence, and genius is curiosity indulged. That's what I think it is. Your genius Lovely. is when you indulge your curiosity. I think it's available to everybody, and a lot of people do not indulge their curiosity. In fact. When I teach, women in particular are often taught to be too polite. And I feel like to write, you've got to be impolite. You've got to say, I don't care what you're interested in. Here's what I'm interested in. I'm shutting the door. I'm not interested. I'm going to, this is about me and my curiosity now. And I'm not going to look out for anybody. And women sometimes are taught to be nice, which is good. I like being around nice people, but you kind of have to be impolite when you write in this one way, if you know what I mean. You can't be worried about other people, right? I do. It's just what I you said, do. you were forgetting about your husband and your kids because the story was so interesting, which I <laughs> Right. <laughs> which I and, completely and they... sympathize with. <laughs> and, of course, I don't love them any less, but they could tell, right? right? They could yep. tell when yeah, I was yeah. checked out, um, just kind of mentally checked out. Or, you know, how fun is it to every conversation you have with your partner somehow finds its way back to their story that they're working yeah. on. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that, people can only live with that for so long. But as yeah. far as, um, as be, not being nice. Yeah. And I think that's, that's hard. That can be hard for a lot of people, but yeah. I think it is a particular, I do think it's particularly I, challenging for, for women. Yeah. I it think is. so. I think a little bit harder. Yeah. I think it's, there's a, there's a, cause men, Men, we, we are taught more to sort of just go do our thing, you know, and I mean, to, to sort of be linear in certain ways. And, and men, boys play side by side instead of sort of facing each other. But I think girls are often look, checking in with each other. How are you doing? Do you like this? Do you want to play? The boys are like, let me just go do my thing. So I do think it's a little harder. But, but here's, the, here's something I've landed on recently, Beth. I'm going to share this with you, which is that – you ready? Is that it is a lie to think your whole life hasn't always been for you. Everything I've ever done, my relationship with my children, that's for me. My, even though I love them and I want, like, setting the table for them is for me. I benefit from it. It's always to benefit me, to improve me, to grow me. It's my life. It's my life is what I care about first. And I feel like writing makes you admit the truth. It's always been about you. Your whole life has been about you. It's not about caring for people. Even though you love caring for people, caring for people is actually about you. That's about you growing through the caring for them. Yeah? Does that make sense? It does. I, I, I find that challenging. I find that interesting. <laughs> it um, is. It's, it's, it, I wonder, you know, what philosopher that would, would align with. It's a little scary. That's but, um, <laughs> it, yeah, it, 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 you know, somebody, somebody Google that. But um, I think that uh, – that makes me a little uncomfortable, that notion, Good. because well, of maybe my tr- – I'm not saying it's wrong, but it does make right. me a little uncomfortable. It challenges me because I'm a mother, I'm a teacher, sure. I'm a good yeah, daughter, yeah, yeah. and so yes. that's, that's, that's interesting. But I, I do think that um, we are better in the world if we claim – if we claim our space, if we claim what it is we're really yes. supposed to do, yes, we're better yes. in the world. And and whether there's a selfish motive somewhere back there in the in the lizard well, brain, it's let me just we're wait, still wait, better me, in the world. We're still better. Let me in rephrase the world. it. It's not so much selfish. It's saying your you your life has always been about you growing and learning, 
And like, I mm. love my kids and I do all this stuff for them, but it's still, I'm growing through the experience. That experience of caring them for is still for me to learn and grow. My whole life Got has been about it. me, but even though I love people and I can't be alone and I love to teach and help, but I love helping people because of how good I feel when I help. Right. Right. It's still for right. me. It's, yeah. Because if you don't care about you, Beth, who's going to? you got to be oh, you. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. I know. Right? I know. Nobody's going to brush my teeth and tuck me in anymore. No. i got to do it. No. i got to do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I like that. I like that a lot, Bill. And I think that um, that reminds me, actually, of an essay I wrote a long time ago. Um, I like writing essays, too, although I've not devoted um, – I, I haven't mastered it, but I enjoy it. Um, and there's an essay I wrote where I sort of did a mashup of um, – um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah, and yeah. and our need for stories and Ooh, our need for cre- yeah it. and our need for creating and this yeah. idea that um, um, right and so I like what you were saying about the journey of of growing ourselves in the world and yeah. it may sound oh. a little spiritual it may sound a little woo woo for some oh. people but. But I, I I believe it's true. I believe there's a spiritual oh. element to our creative life, and um, and I certainly believe there is just in my life there's a spiritual element to and and part of that is growing and being growing as a human and being being yes. being a better version of myself, right? Yeah. Yes. Whether that and well, that doesn't mean a bigger paycheck or a different title. No. It just means no. more more. Uh, my, who I am meant to be in the world. Yes, yeah. you on yeah. purpose. Hey, I teach one of my another like one of the classes I love to teach is writing as a spiritual practice. I totally see it that Ooh. way. I okay. have no I have no questions about it. But okay, well, this was a fast half hour. I'm not quite done with you yet, Beth. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, so your book is coming out. So the book is called "We Will Tell You Otherwise." Is it out now? It's out now, right? It is starting to ship. It's a little early, which I guess in the oh, okay. this is my debut. This is my debut collection. Oh, my first, hey, my first That's book. Good. Yeah, so yes. it's good news when your book is shipping early. Um, the official drop date is August twentieth, but folks, it's arriving uh, for people that well, pre-ordered it, yeah. and it's available Great. on Amazon and some independents. So yeah, it's it's out okay. now. Okay. Yeah. Good. And so if people want to learn about you. Where should they do it? Great. I'd love to have folks check me out on Twitter at Beth, B-E-T-H-J, Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R, or Great. my Facebook author page at Beth Mayer Author. And I also yeah. have a website that links to all of those things and that will let you know where I'm reading when, um, BethMayer.com. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, people, all go right. check it out. Go pre-order your book. It'll come to your doorstep, and you won't. You will be glad for it. But I'm not quite done with you, Beth. Okay. Uh, I have one last question for you, and what I want you to do is finish the sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? If writing has taught me anything, it's that I am really lucky. Oh, oh that's great. Because you have something you love to do? Because why? Yeah, yeah, because why? Well, I'm really lucky that I live in a time where I'm safe. I'm really lucky that I live in a time where I'm allowed to tell my stories. I'm really lucky that I um, 
had a library card, and uh, <laughs> I'm really lucky that I was able to keep doing this, that I have a family that supports me. I'm really lucky that uh-huh. my brain my brain works well and um, my body works well. Um, yeah, just the list You're goes You're a blessing on. counter. I like it. Aww. I like it. <laughs> well, Beth, thank you very much. I was lucky to have you on the show. And, uh, well, best of luck with this story. I hope, I hope you have a great experience as you share it with the world. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you for having me. It was a delight. My pleasure. Take it easy. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, we're lucky. We're all lucky. Well, listen, everybody. My doorbell's ringing. Listen to that. My doorbell's ringing. It's okay. So... I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm going to be back next week with somebody. Who am I coming back? Oh, Allison Share. Oh, that's going to be an interesting conversation. Yes, it will. Uh, until then, until then, everybody, go find something you love to do and do it. Uh-huh.